we sing to your holiness the majestic God everlasting Father thank you for this convention the men's convention 2016 we give you the glory and honor and praise for all the years that we have spent before you and the great things that you have done over the years. And Lord, we can say with all assurance that this year shall be greater than any year we have done. And so, Father, we open up ourselves to you for godly instruction by your Holy Spirit, for impartation that comes through the world that brings transformation in the mind and the heart of man. Lord, we receive your servant that is ministering tonight as your gift from heaven. And Lord, the Bible says, believe in these prophets and you will prosper. Lord, we tune our heart unto you that you will open the ears of our heart to receive. So that the word we shall receive tonight will achieve the purpose for which you are sending it. Our life will never be the same. In Jesus' holy name we are praised. Can you turn the song beside you and welcome them in the name of Jesus, please? Hallelujah. Let's take our seats. What a glorious night. You know... The guests we have tonight will be introduced by Pastor Tayo. But I want to say something to you. I had a, a brief discussion with him. Haven't known his resume. So that I can glean a little bit before he comes to the podium. I find a man that has the same heart with us. A man whose heart is for everyone to know the truth. Of course, you know, I think some of other things we have similar to one another is that the message that he prepared for today probably would take him three hours. And so he is intending to, to, you know, crush it as much as possible. But I've said we will bring him back again. Because in the area that he's speaking, he's an expert. And it is good to Spend good time with people like that so that you can clean every or as much, not everything. You will not be able to, you will not be able to cover everything in, in, in three hours or three days. But we can get as much as possible. Maybe we have a seminar where we have a weekend and we have sessions and break, question time, sessions and break. Because the message that he has for us is a timely message for this end time. I see that area as an area to sabotage the last onslaught of the devil. And so I want us to welcome to the podium Pastor Tyre to come and introduce our guest. Praise the Lord. Well, I'm excited about what God is going to do in our midst tonight. How about you? Are you sure you're really excited? 
Well, I'm sure that by the time we finish tonight, everyone that has not managed to make it and they come across the podcast and they come across what we talk about tonight, they would be demanding for Simon to come back here very, very quickly. You know, in life you, you have opportunities to meet people at different times and there are all sorts of things that bring people together. But a, a few months ago, um, my paths crossed the path of this great man, and I call him great, uh, and we've only spent a few hours together. Um, but Simon is the former chief executive of, uh, of CCPAS, um, and they, they, they have, we've had a relationship with CCPAS over a number of years at Christchurch Tabernacle. They've always been, those who are Sunday school teachers would know that we always do the DAB checks. Well, Simon was the chief executive of, former chief executive of that organization that helped us to do our CCPAS. His professional background is in social work, and he obtained a BA in applied studies with a certificate in, of qualification in social work from Nottingham Trent University. Now, Simon's got experience of working with several local authorities, and he has worked with children and adults. Um, and he's held several, several um, appointments and roles. He's specifically a member of the UK Council for Child Internet Safety. Now, that's leading me slowly to what we're going to be talking about today. And uh, he's currently undertaking research on internet safety for children in churches. Now, the theme for this evening is raising a godly family in a changing world. I can assure you that if we think about the changing world and we do not put the internet, we do not put the internet and technology right there at the heart of what we're talking about, we're missing something significant. And it's not, it's, it's archaic to start thinking we can live our lives without technology. In fact, technology and the internet has been the greatest source in our generation of creating disruptive things, businesses in the society. But at the same time, it so happens that it's a tool in the hands of the enemy that could ruin as well. What the Lord intended for good could become the same tool that the enemy wants to use to harm. Now, Simon is this evening going to be sharing with us his expertise, and he is, a very, is one of the very few who are experts in these areas. He'll be sharing with us his expertise on internet safety in the context of raising a godly family in a changing world. I'd like you to please rise as you welcome with me Simon Bass. Okay, uh, thank you for the kind words. I didn't recognise myself there, but uh, I recognise the name, so, so it must, must be me. Um, we're going to talk about something which is safeguarding child protection. So I'm going to start by, by not forewarning you, but telling you that is what this is, this is about. Um, and because of that, we're going to 
possibly hit some raw emotions. But I believe that God deals with raw emotions. God deals with who we are so that we can do things right. Um, so, I'm conscious of time. I'm going to, to uh, 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 talk about how do we raise families in a godly way. Now, looking around here, I was expecting to see just guys, because it said men's conference, and I can see there's loads of, of ladies. So, uh, um, uh, please, if I keep on saying guys and, and men, please take that on board. And I can see there's, there's, there's younger faces as, as well. Um, we need to be right. The devil will have a go, as Pastor Teo has said. The devil wants to have a go, and the internet's a great, great way of doing so. I'm going to say this at, at the outset, and that is that the technologies are neutral. The internet is neutral. It's neither good nor bad. But unfortunately, what I'm going to be talking about is a lot of bad, because unfortunately, children have been harmed, they've been groomed, they've been abused because of the internet. So... Lord, I just pray now that as, uh, as I speak that uh, uh, everyone will hear what you would want me to say so that we can better equip our families, that we can be better men and women to ensure the safety of children. Amen. Okay. How we raise our children in a godly family today is no different to the times past uh, when it comes to biblical principles. And we mustn't ever forget that. We all know that Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forever. And the Bible stands the test of time. Therefore, we, should, we, uh, <clears throat> we would there, though be foolish not to recognise that we live in a changing world. Our culture is different today to how it was 10 years ago. I want to talk about safeguarding in the internet age in which we live. So as churches, church leaders, as fathers, as godly men, we are better equipped. You know, it says in Matthew 10:16, Behold, I am sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves, so be as wise as, as serpents and innocent as doves. I think that is so so important when we look at the internet. It can feel like we're surrounded by ravenous wolves, especially when considering the complexities of the internet and related technologies. You know, this scripture to me is appropriate in considering, yes, the dangers of the internet, uh, but let us be wise as serpents. You know, when I consider serpents and I look at the Garden of Eden, right, um, I think... Well, that was that cunning snake, right? And we need to be that cunning animal, right? But this is where, where um, we also need to recognise that we're told to be like doves. And I think there with the Holy Spirit. You know, children are duped, duped on the internet. They're groomed. And we somehow need to equip our children so that they can navigate safely the, the, the use of the internet. Years ago, we used to talk about it being a highway. And in some ways, it's true. What we need to do is stop our children 
from getting involved in those, those car crashes. Right, now, I'm going to say something here. There are myths about in terms of the internet, such as, right, that, that um, ch- children are, are better at using the internet. It's a myth. It is a total myth, right? Yes, right? Children are good at, at, at using the internet. We can't, can't deny that. But actually, it's adults. How many here, as adults, use Facebook, Twitter, Instagram? Show of hands. Most of you, right? Where, where is marketing? Yes, there's marketing in terms of children, but, but the biggest marketing is what's called the sil- silver surface, right? You knew, as soon as I'm a bit worried that, that Pastor Taya knew what I was going to say when I touched my hair because of the silver. But it's true, right? You know, now, now there's a reason, right? Um, that there is a reason why actually the take-up in terms of, of the internet starts with adults. If Mark Zuckerberg had his way, then, then, then children would be using Facebook before the age of 13. Why? For commercial purposes. He says it's for educational purposes. I would actually disagree with him. Why is 13 significant? 13 significant because actually there's a US law, the, the, the Children's Online Privacy Protection Act, that prevents children being able to go on to such sites before they're 13. There's no such, such law here in the UK, but Facebook's own terms and conditions being a US-based organisation prevent 13-year-olds going. But hold that thought, because I will be talking about some of the real issues in terms of whether or not it's, it is those post-13 who go on. Um, so, children... I've got to say, do have the technical ability, right? Uh, and they do, right? But what they lack is the wisdom and the social skills. I know lots of children who can prove themselves on GTA. For those that don't know what GTA is, anyone? Grand Theft Auto, you see? Some of you adults do it. Or any of the car racing video games, most children are very good at that and will beat most adults. But we don't allow children to drive cars in this country until they're 17. Why? Lots of children may want to because we know that they haven't developed those skills in order to safely navigate roads. And that is very much what the internet's about. Yes, young people do engage totally, and I'm going to give you some facts and figures that that I'm sure will astound you. But the fact is that young people don't have the skills to be able to safely navigate, and that's where we as adults have got to to come in. Um, There was a report done by Dr Tanya Byron called Safer Children in a Digital World in 2008, known as the uh, Byron Review. And in it, she points out that children take risks as part of child development. Today, those risks include online. Children will be children, pushing boundaries and taking risks. And it's true. 
If you've, got, if you've raised children, you'll know that that's part of development. And we all know ourselves when we were children that we took risks. But there is a difference today because when I took risks, it was climbing a tree. It was doing things that my parents didn't know about when I went out. But today, children are taking risks and they're taking risks online. Now, now, the fact that children take risks are fine, but the difficulty is, is that we can be lulled into a false sense of security because we think they're safe, they're in their bedrooms, nothing can happen to them. Now, if you've got a 15-year-old daughter and a male, 30 years of age, knocks on the door at 11 o'clock and says, I just want to, and say it's the youth pastor, I just want to go and talk to your daughter for half an hour. Would you say, she's in a bedroom, you can go and talk to her? I suspect not. I would hope not. Right? And yet, your daughter, 15, in the bedroom, in her nightwear, has her webcam on and she is talking to people. And we think she's safe because she's in our room. I'll leave you with that thought because actually we need to be thinking about these things. And I'm going to say this. There is no distinction today between online and offline. You ask any child, I use the word child and I'm talking about anyone up to 18 years of age, right? They don't draw a distinction between their online and their offline world. The two have merged and we need to recognise that. Now, Dr Tanya Byron said, said this, right? At a swimming pool, we have gates, we put up signs, we have lifeguards in shallow ends, but we also need to teach children how to swim. And if nothing else from, from uh, what I'm sharing tonight and my heart, because my heart is the protection of children, it is this. Yes, we can put loads of things in place to ensure that, that as the analogy goes, that there is that safe area for, for children. But we negate our duty if we don't do that last thing, and that is we're not always going to be there. So how do we equip our children to be able to, to know what to do if they come up against difficulties when they're online? And hopefully, by the time I've finished, you'll realise that there are a lot of difficulties. CEOP. Um, we're CCPS, we're a partner agency with CEOP, Child Exploitation Online Protection Centre, as they, they were, and now part of the National Crime Agency. And in a, a report that they did in 2013, they said this, the internet and wider information and communication technologies are now firmly embedded within everyday lives of UK children. Online activities feature so prominently in their entertainment, education and social lives that it is seen by them as a tool in their offline lives. In turn, UK children are now, more than ever before, accessible to offenders online. That's the reality. You see, the internet may be neutral, but those intent on harming children know where to go in order to groom children, in order to abuse them. And I'll come on, as I say, 
to some, some uh, uh, startling, and I believe they are startling statistics. So, how do we deal with what I call the three C's? Content, contact, and conduct. Right? Content, such as pornography, racism, hate sites. Contact, through interactive services. Cyberbullying, that is being the victim of. Through to cybersex. Is it saying cybersex? I will go on. And then there's conduct, where the child is the actor. This can be through illegal downloads, bullying, creating inappropriate material. You know, the pressure on children today, Reg Bailey, the, the former chief exec of uh, uh, the Mother's Union, did a report called, called Letting Children Be Children in 2011. And this is what he said. The pressure on children to grow up takes two different but related forms. The pressure to take part in sexualized life before they are ready to do so and the commercial pr- pressure to consume the vast range of goods and services that are available. I love this country and I love, love everything about the internet, but there are pressures on our children and we need to recognise that. Um, we do live in an over-sexualised society and an over-commercialised society um, and children want to fit in and they have to fit in against those two parameters very often. Right. Um, so, today... Children hang out in social networking and, and user interactive services. Back in 2010, the Pew Internet and American Life Project revealed that 73% of children aged 12 to 17 use social networking sites. Three quarters. Will you, you add that up? I've got to say, if I give you a statistic today, and, and my notes from today are, are going to be available, um, uh, so hopefully you'll just take in what I'm saying. But I'm going to say this. Every stat I give today will be inaccurate. Every statistic. Because it's an upward trend. It, it is an upward trend. So if 2010 it was 73%, it'll be 80% today and more. Right? The way technology has changed in the past five years is that children are now the creators of content before they just received. But now they are the creators. We are seeing shifts. Children are going online at an earlier age. At an earlier and earlier age. And again, I will give you the stats for that. And, uh, but that's the reality. Don't think this is something we need to talk to children about when they get to their teenage years. We need to be embedding safe practice with children at a younger age. Uh, um, Young children, they use RuneScape, Habo, um, etc. 273 million users of Habo or, or Habo Hotel. 273 million. Right. This is big business. And it means that they want to get children more and more into, into social media. Now, children today, what do they want to be? You know, when I was a youngster, it would have been, what do you want to be? Doctor, scientist, maybe an astronaut. Right. Now this week, this week is probably the only week where if you ask a child, they might say, because Tim Peake has come back, they want to be an astronaut. 
right? But, but, but in a few weeks, it won't be that. The sad thing is, when you ask children what they want to be, the first word is famous. I want to be a singer. Do they want to sing here, or do they want to sing on the X Factor? Right? Now, I'm saying things, and you all know this, but that's the reality of what we're dealing with. Right? And do you know what most, most youngsters want to be today? YouTubers. Now you're going to say, what's a YouTuber? It's not an instrument, right? A tuber is, right? But they want to be a YouTuber, right? They want to have a side. Now, do you know who Ollie White is? Ollie White, right? Does anybody know who Ollie White is, right? I knew it, thank you, right? But how did I know that it was going to be the youngest person here who knew who Ollie White is? Well, I'm going to tell you who Ollie White is. Right, right. He's 21, and he's just written a book called Hashtag Generation Next. He gets over a million hits or views on his YouTube videos and has many, as that many subscribers to his YouTube channels. It's about product placement. It's about endorsing things. He makes a lot of money. I was with my wife in Manchester and we saw a whole row of teenage girls all waiting in line with their Ticketmaster ticket because he was doing a book signing. Right? He's, he's famous for being a nobody. Right? But he's making money from it. Now, we're laughing, but that's the reality of what young people today aspire to, right? Now, for some more stats, because I'm going to just throw stats at, and then I'm going to talk about some real issues. 91% of UK children have internet access at home. 62% of children, 12 to 15, have a smartphone. And I can go on and I can go on, and those stats are out of date. I'm going to give you this one. EU Kids Online, it's it's some research that's been done and it it published a report, 0 to 8, young children in in the internet. And it showed that children are online at a younger and younger age. How's this? A third of 3 to 4-year-olds go online. 87% of 5 to 7-year-olds use the internet, uh, which has gone up from 68% in 2007. What is that telling us? It's telling us that there is no escape. Children, nor should there be, because I say it's neutral, but children are expecting to be on the internet at younger ages. They expect, it used to be a rite of passage that you had your your mobile uh, phone as you went from junior school to senior school. Now the rite of passage is is from from, um, uh, infants to juniors, right? It used to be, But it's true. It used to be that parents thought, well, I I want to know. I want to be able to get hold... It was a parent thing. I want to be able to get hold of my child because I'm no longer dropping them off at the school gate because they don't like that and I want that assurity. That's how it happened. But now children have smartphones. What does that tell us? They have the internet. Whatever you're doing, it means that they're getting the internet at younger and younger ages. Now I'm going to talk about, about some of the issues. Last week there was a report, and I'm sorry that there's youngsters here, so youngsters don't listen, right? 
I'm going to talk about pornography. Where are children getting their sex education today? Is it godly advice from parents? Is it teachers at school? Is it from their peers? Or is it from the internet? It would be remiss of me not to tell you about some research that came out this week because I believe that pornography is an issue for the church. It's an issue for men in the church in terms of addressing the, uh, that as an issue, and it's an issue for pastors. It's care, that's care, care as in um, care.org.uk, did some research a number of years ago, and they, they wanted to know if this was an issue, whether or not pastors, vicars, etc., had been pastorally dealing with pornography. And their research showed that actually it was an issue for all men in the church. So why is that, that, that important? If we don't address that as an issue ourselves, men, because this is a men's conference, if we don't address that as an issue in the church itself, then how can we be those godly role models to our children? Because this, this is what, what um, uh, came, came out um, this, only this last week. And it's this. In a study of more than 1,000 children in the UK, aged 11 to 16, more than half said they had encountered pornographic material online. Worryingly, research showed that children are being exposed to freely available and intrusive uh, pornography that they uh, can be accessed at ease. They weren't going out to find it. It found them. That's the reality. Right? 94% had seen something by the age of 11. Now, this was research that was issued only last week, right? And the issue for us is that children then become desensitised. They think that what they're watching is the reality. What are we doing to educate children so that they realise that that is not the reality, it's exploitation? And what are we doing as men to say this is not going to be an issue for us in our families, us in our church? And we, need, and we need to do something. And what can be done? Well, there are programs, Covenant Ties. I don't know if anyone knows of it. Or Accountable to You. These are good programs that you can get on as apps across platforms. And basically, it's you being in covenant with another per, another guy and saying, look, you can look at my search history. It will send an email saying this is what you've viewed and hopefully it's all nice things and if it's not, you'll be held accountable. What are we doing? Children are, as I say, stumbling across pornography. 87% of boys and 77% of girls about uh, felt pornography, failed to help them understand consent. Now, I think that's a big issue, right? If, if they don't understand consent and what is and what is not, then what's going to happen? I don't need to ta- give you the next line because we know what will happen. So, what can we do? And let me tell you this much. How many use YouTube? Yeah, most of you, right? I do. There's some great things on YouTube. But on YouTube, 
soft pornography is really available. Now you can say, oh, hold on, don't, don't, aren't there some warnings there that say you need to be 18 before you can view some of these sites? Yeah. How do you get on to, to YouTube? I'll tell you how you get on. You, you have a Google account. And if you're a youngster and you want to see what's in the world, you don't put down that you're 12 years of age. You put down that you're 22 years of age. You just change that one digit. Nobody will know. And what does that mean? People can access it. What can we do, practically, as a family? Put restrictive mode on. What does that mean? It means that you go on to every browser you have, on every computer you have, you uh, go on as, as the administrator and you put a restricted mode on and that will stop youngsters. Right? They can still view lots of good things and if they can't view a few things because, because of the restrictions there, so what? Right? So what? Right? Um, um, because, you know what? Children right now, in fact I had a conversation um, uh, with, with uh, your, your church leaders uh, earlier about sexting. Children are sending indecent images of themselves to other children. And don't say that's happening over there, it can't possibly happen in, in this church, can it? Well, I can tell you on our helpline we've dealt with lots of different situations. How is that being dealt with? Well, only this week, the National Police Chiefs Council and and CEOP and UKCCIS have got together and said, we mustn't make this a criminal activity. We need to do something about it. Because, let me tell you, that the age of criminal responsibility is 10. If somebody sends an image, a naked image, that person sending, if they're over 10, has committed an offence. The person receiving it then commits an offence. And if they then share it with their friend, they've committed an offence. Right? So three young people go and do that and you've got an offence. Now, now the police recognise that unless there's some exploitation in that, really we shouldn't be prosecuting and we need to have some form of protocols. But what we actually need to do is stop our youngsters from doing so. Because, because they are doing and I can tell you in one school it was a rite of passage that you sent these things. Let alone the issues of children sh- uh, sharing a picture, uh, a, a nude selfie of themselves to the boyfriend and they split up and the boyfriend friend sends it round. Because there are lots and lots of issues. Right? And, and one of those, those issues that I um, want to talk about is our digital footprint. Now, what's that? What's our digital footprint? As I, I, again, as I said earlier, um, when do we get noticed on the internet? Well, it used to be when somebody was 13 because they went on to Facebook. Now, we know that, and again, I can give you the stats in terms of, of children 7, 8, 9, 10 who have Facebook profiles, but you know what? Children go on Facebook and usually have their first digital footprint at around before six months of age. Oh, I don't mean six months, months post-birth, I mean pre-birth. Because, because 
the baby scan is the first picture that goes up. Parents are happy. And that's usually the first piece of digital um, footprint that there is. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I think that's great. But what we need to recognise is what foolish things I did as a child stayed very often between a group of friends. But today, children don't have that luxury. So if, so if you get to um, uh, 18 and you want to go to university or go for a job and there's two equally qualified candidates, if you're an employer, are you going to look at their social media? Because the, the, the blurry picture of the person leaving the nightclub at three in the morning or the person that's helping granny across the road, which one are you going to employ? That's right, the blur. No, yeah, that's right, the person help. Right? And, and we need to, to recognise, in, in 2009, President Barack Obama warned children of the dangers of putting too much personal information on the internet and social networking sites. Because it stays there. The issues that we deal with in terms of sexting, in terms of indecent images of children, is not child pornography. You see, the boyfriend sends the girlfriend the picture. The, the picture goes online and then the sex offender, the paedophile, then gets hold of that picture. And that's in his collection. That's the reality. So we need to be teaching children how to put on... I, <coughs> I have a joke very often. My wife wants burglars to rob our house. Why is that? Because she does a three-week countdown to us going on holiday. She leaves all the information as to where we are. She tells people how long we're away for. Right? Right? She doesn't have privacy settings on her Facebook. So any burglar could quite easily say, oh, look, not only do they... They could break into my house and have time for a cup of tea and a full meal. Because they know we're not coming back. Now I joke about those things, but actually there's some truth about when, when, we, when we use anything. What Do we go, when we start using WhatsApp, Facebook, Instagram, do we go to settings? Every setting, by default, is not set to highest pr privacy level. Every setting is there so that everyone can see. We need to be engaging with our children and, and that starts with engaging ourselves so that we say, you know, how many here, in all honesty, have, changed, have looked at their Facebook settings if they're on Facebook? One, right? And you look intelligent. Um, we don't do it because we're too busy doing other things. So we need to, we need to look at that. Um, right, nearly, nearly three quarters, 73% of children under two have some form of digital footprint, such as online albums or email addresses, says AVG. Uh, and the fact is that it's, it, and I'm going to give you this quote, it is a sobering thought that whilst a 30-year-old has an online footprint stretching back at most 10 to 15 years, the vast majority of children today have online presences uh, from the time they are two. And I would say that's now lower. 
So, what can we do? We need to engage with our children, we need to talk to them, we need to change all our settings. We need to talk about sexting and we need to say what is right what, and how do you get out of these situations. That we need to ensure as a church that you put CEOPS report abuse button on your website. We need to be as proactive as we can so that, so that we say as church we take online safeguarding seriously. We recognise that children are groomed. We recognise that if we don't engage with children in the space they're in and say to them, this is what you should and you shouldn't do, there'll be other people on there that will be giving them other things. The fact is that the government have put a lot of money into the prevent agenda because they're worried about radicalisation because they know that children are going on, they're they're seeing the ISIS and other things, and they're being radicalised. We ought to be spending as much attention and resources into helping our children stay safe online in our Christian communities. Because if we don't, somebody else will go in there, and they will start saying, ah, but you can do this and you can do do the other. Children suffer all sorts of things. Yes, grooming. Yes, identity fraud. I'm going to come on to that. The fact is that they're not equipped to deal with things that are beyond their age and we need to be engaging in that space. Now, I've mentioned twice UKCCIS right, and they've got a, a, a very simple acronym. Zip it, block it, flag it. Zip it means don't put out all that information, your email address. How, how do people groom children? I'll tell you. Because, because and this is something to do, go to, to your children and say to them, let's Google your name and see what comes up. You'd be amazed at what does. Right? What we need to be doing, if we're giving away our, our passwords, our email addresses, the schools we go to, Um, etc then those intent on grooming children will use that information people pretend to be 15 year olds when they're 50 year olds they know because you put down I'm a Justin Bieber fan they're Justin Bieber fans because they're into this you're into this they're into that as well and what they do is they build up and build up and build up and they say let's let's date Uh, now I don't, I think when we say friends, it's a misnomer if we talk about, about something like Facebook, because it's most often it's acquaintances. But I've had to change my mind on that one, because I can tell you that there are many young people who have had online relationships who have never met the person of the opposite sex, but they have those same emotions as if they've been dating. Why? Because they're online every night with that person. They're, ba- they're having banter. And they believe they're in a relationship. It doesn't matter that there's nothing physical there. In actual fact, there's some, you know, that's a godsend in, in many ways. But, but we need to be helping children understand about those type of relationships because it's, it's, it's changing. The whole online and offline world has changed dramatically and we need to recognise that what children are doing today and the way they're interacting is different to how we are. You know, when you get two-year-olds and, and 
they're, they're like that with books because they think it's, it's a tablet and they can't understand why things are not interacting the way that, that I press things. It's because we live in, in that technical age. I know I'm running over, so I'm, I'm just going to stop there. I, um, uh, uh, I, j- I just want to say that, that as a church, how do we communicate with our children online? Can pastors and youth leaders and children's workers have the mobile numbers of children? What about having them as friends on Facebook? Do we have a clear social media policy, etc.? Because this is a difficulty. If you were a teacher in a school and you had the children in your school on your any, any form of social media profile, likely you'd have a disciplinary. But if we are church... And, and we're best friends with the parents, and then there's children there. Well, is that okay? Well, probably is. But what if you're a children's worker or youth worker? Can we do that? How do we manage these type of relationships? Because there's a difference in terms of, of grooming. And I can tell you, I believe that there's, an issue, there's a report coming out, the NSPCC have a conference tomorrow, and I, I believe that there's a report coming out that will say about 30% of of sexual crime has an online issue there, be it grooming, be it texting, be it whatever. I've dealt with some some horrific cases in churches and I can tell you that the majority recently have all had at at the background the the communication between, between the perpetrator and the child via online. Why? Because it's available. Right? That's how we do it. Are we actually addressing that? Because if we're not addressing it, what we're going to find is that our children get... Grooming has nothing to do with what you do to horses. And grooming has changed considerably. It used to be that we groomed in the physical environment, we'd groom the adult in order to gain access to the child. Now, sex offenders go online, and what they do is, it's virtually instant. They expect this, the other, and, and, and go on that webcam and take your clothes off and do whatever. And it's instant. And we need to recognise that, that there are lots of changes that are happening. I hope I've frightened you all enough, right, to make you think, what can we do better? Because every church can do better. Um, the online world is fantastic. I, I draw no distinction between on or offline, but with my safeguarding hat on, I can say this that what we need to do is ensure that we are as wise as serpents and innocents and stubs and we, we teach our children to be the same. And where they don't have that wisdom because of their, their uh, age, what we need to do is engage. You know, it used to be that we'd sit a child in front of a television as, as a mobile uh, babysitter. Don't let it be that we let them sit in front of a computer screen and it's not as mobile. It's, 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 it's these things, etc. Without engaging and helping them see what they should be doing and let them know where to go. Now, I wanna, I'll, I'll finish with this. I don't know any child, some do, but I don't know many actually, who would go to a parent 
uh, if they've got an issue. But I do know many will go for a children's worker or a youth worker or a trusted adult within the church because, hey, it's a bit less, you know, you've got to be as cool as, as possible and they do that. So let us be those internet champions to check that children are protected from so often themselves online. Okay, thank you. Well, I'm sure we'll have some questions, and we'll probably, maybe we'll get we'll get we'll get Simon a bit of a glass of water, because I'm sure I'm sure he needs to take a breather in terms of a, a glass of water. Then, then uh, I've, I've heard so much packed within the last 30 minutes, so much packed within the last 30 minutes. I don't know about you, but. Simon talked about shocking a lot, lot of us. Um, it is shocking when, you came, when, I, when I came across and when we met a few, a few maybe about six, seven weeks ago, um, we spent only about one hour together and I thought, if I think I'm internet savvy and I don't know that bit, how much more, in terms of members of Christ Faith Tabernacle, the church in which I'm a member of, do not know. And so from that minute I started talking about, need to share this, and there's nothing like just me reproducing it. So it was a blessed opportunity that the light of the World Convention, I had a chat with Apostle, and Apostle said, we must have him here. And we checked dates, and this is just a very small bit I know they run courses, that whole day courses and things like that, but this is only a small bit. Now, I've, I've started to say all of that to get you ready for some questions, because I'm certain, I'll take a, I'm sure Sam will take a few questions. Yeah, sure. For, and just take, take a few questions, and we'll go through, we'll take one question at a time. I don't know how many minutes we'll have for the questions, but we'll start it off somewhere. And I, I, <laughs> I think this is how we're going to do it. If you have questions, raise your hands up. Please, please stand up and form a queue here. The reason is because while he was teaching, I expected and said that to you. If you have questions, a long line was teaching. Just write it down. So that we don't have issues of people who generate illogical questions from logical uh, answers and stuff like that. So do you have another person who has questions? And be very free to ask questions. Maybe it's not from what he taught now, what he said rather, but in line with what he's teaching you. Any help or whatever area that you need to really hear. Do you, does, or what, what he taught, does it resonate with you? Yeah. Because it's what some of us are battling with, isn't it? Yes? Okay then. So, so we'll just take one question at a time and give Simon the opportunity to answer. Okay, Simon, thank you very much. Um, it's um, well-educative, all what you've said. When you were talking about the issue of um, using an administrator on, um, on the computers in the house or the laptops in the house, I come to think that most of these youths, oh, don't let me use the word youths, let me say the 15 teenagers, they click to their phones. They click to their phones. 
And most of these things have been done on their phone. The phone is more, more sophisticated nowadays. Even in many homes, I can tell you, no laptops. Children don't go to the laptops. They don't go to the phone state. They've got their phone. Their phone is more sophisticated. And it's got everything you can think they can do is on the phone. How, as a parent, how do you grab the phone? How do you put an administrator to lock up on the phone? Okay, okay, and I think that's a very good, good question in terms of what we do. Um, is this my water? <laughs> what? Thank you very much. What we need to recognise is true. It is people are using tablets. They're using. their mobile phones but very often the adult is the bill payer now there has been a big issue in relation to a lot of the mobile phone uh, providers Vodafone and the rest because they have, have had the default in terms of what you can and you can't do. You contact your, the mobile phone provider and say, this phone is for an under 18. Please ensure all privacy and security settings are on and that they can't access the uh, 18 and above content. That's number one. Now that doesn't necessarily mean everything, um, but it's, it's a matter of checking your filters. There are lots of organisations that will provide services for you in terms of of, uh, filtration and and blocking if that's what you want to do. I actually think the best thing to do is sit down with with young people and say, look, I'm I'm the bill payer, I've I've contacted Vodafone, there are certain restrictions on here, you tell me why why you want to use this this, and and let's let's have... uh, the whole idea, many years ago, you could have put a family computer in a room. That's, that, forget that. That doesn't happen today. But what you can do is, 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 is have that in conversation and say, I'm, I'm the bill payer. You want, let's look at what we can do. And you can actually put, put things on. And there are many apps today that allow, when I mention Covenant Eyes, put Covenant Eyes on. All right, which means you will get a copy, covenantize.com or or, uh, uh, there are similar Um, what that does is it uh, allows you to have a copy of the search history that somebody's been on great, so therefore you know if they've been on sites that you wouldn't want them to be on Yeah, it's very good what you said. Someone could walk into a Tesco store, pick up a pay as you go. Right? Despite the fact that as a parent, you've tried to do exactly what you said. Yeah. And you walk into a Tesco, pick up a pay as you go, pick up a mobile phone, put it in a phone, you haven't got any control over that, and again, he or she could do exactly whatever he wants to do. Despite the fact I- that you've tried to block that one. Of course, but, oh, yeah. but that I think says something more about the relationship with the young person, right? And if a young person is doing that, 
then we've got to be asking, there are usually wider questions there. It's about engaging and having that relationship with our young people and saying, this is right, this isn't. If you want to veer to that path, but be aware of these dangers. And we can actually equip equip our children um, and show them that right way. I agree, some may go off. They go off the rails, we know that, and they will go and buy the Tesco mobile. But what we can do is actually put those principles there. And we say, and you know, as for me, I will serve the Lord. My household, I will serve the Lord. How do I do it? By having these standards, and this is what I expect. And that's not, you know, that's not preventing children from, from exploring, but it is about principles. Thank you very much. Yeah. I think he's, also, he's answered all the, my question already. Um, it was about how to put a stop, I mean, to block the internet as well. Okay. Thanks. I, I, can I just add one thing? I've mentioned that there's commercial packages out there, and there are, but you don't actually have to spend a lot of money. You spend some time, and that means you, you look at the settings on your browsers. You check with your, your internet service provider and give them a call. I know that can take time if you were Sky, but, um, <laughs> but you say to them, can I put some uh, blocking packages on? Those things work, and the government have been pushing and pushing for that um, because they recognise that, that, that that's needed. So. Thank you very much, sir. My question is always also about mobile phone, but you've answered part of it. Um, the other part is about Instagram, Snapchat, and WhatsApp. Have we got any, um, maybe, uh, control of these uh, you know, apps? Yeah. yeah. Tell your young people not to use them, but of course that, that, that would never work. Right? Um, I think, again, it's about having a youth meeting and saying, what are we using, what aren't we using? Um, because today it's Snapchat, tomorrow or WhatsApp, tomorrow it will be, be something else. Of course, many young people have, have found that, uh, and famous people as well, have found Snapchat isn't instant because actually it's been stored in in the cloud, and people have hacked into that and taken it, so people have started gradually moving away. But I think it's a matter of talking to, to uh, our children, talking as church to our young people, and saying to them, look, these things are great. You know, I've got what, WhatsApp on here, I've got Instagram, I've got Facebook, I've got, you can probably see, I mean, anyone wants to see my phone, isn't that something? I'm prepared to let people see my phone. Well, these, these apps are great. As I say, they are neutral, but we need to, uh, to, to be talking to um, uh, and, and recognising. And let's, 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 let's face, Facebook, Instagram, etc. You've got to be 13 and above. We have got to act as, as adults. And the fact that our 11-year-olds wants to be as cool as their 14-year-old brother or sister, and we say no, because it's illegal for you to, so you have to wait. Now, I know lots of, of 
ten-year-olds who have got Facebook profiles because they've they've changed the, the date there. But we should be actually saying no. You know, we should should not condone anything that that is not legal. As I say, it's actually uh, not illegal, but it's but it's the terms of in conditions with Facebook. Thank you. Thanks very much. The question I want to ask you is. Have they will be able to do an application which on your either your personal mobile phone if you're using it for parents generally the technology side I'm talking about the security that if you have your own mobile phone or your tablet you can do a setting to set up as many appliances to the security side of it that if your children for example are working on any site you'll be able to recognize it from your own and block it. The, the probably are, well, yeah. yeah but the, 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 and the, I want to know whether yeah. the, the, the Association of Constable right. Police Officers has an application device regarding to that. Yeah. And you'll be able to see the profile of what, what they're looking into. Right. I mean, and, and you're right. In terms of the police, what, what the police can see, you'd be quite amazed at what the police can actually see in terms of traffic that's happening. I think that I could talk and say, look, why don't we all install what's called a keylogger? Now, it's a piece of, of uh, uh, software that will record every keystroke that somebody makes. And, and people are nodding. I'm worried that people are nodding. That's just because they know about it, not because they're using it. Okay, right. And, and yes, you could put a keylogger onto every machine. And I know parents who have done that Right, in order to see what their child is doing. And do you know what that allows them to do? See the password that the child has changed as well, because it records all those things. <laughs> right? Now, this is being recorded, it's even worse. It's not my children, by the way. Um, right, now I know that people have done that, but I think there's an issue there, because it's deceitful. And it's about trust. And, and so I would much prefer to... to be talking to children and saying to them, these are the security, this is what we do, this is the software we're using, rather than do something like a, 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 a keylogger system. And I, that's not a question there, but yeah. yeah. So there, there are ways of doing things, but I think that actually bypasses what I hope my message has been, which is about engagement with young people in order to help them get it get straight. Because ultimately, we're never going to be there all the time for children. They are going to get into difficult scrapes online, and so so they're being cyberbullied. Um, and you know what? And the difference between bullying and cyberbullying, I'll tell you what the difference is. Cy- Bullying used to stop at the school gates. Cyberbullying happens and it's all, all, all invasive. Right? And, and children have committed suicide because of it. That's what we've got to stop happening. So what we need to do is actually have that dialogue with, with children. Um, but uh, I've got a friend who's very technical and he'd probably be able to give you s- some of the, the ways of doing what you've said. But I think you, you've got to... Everything they're using in every year. Therefore, you can be able to block it and 
And of course, uh, as I said earlier, why do children at 11 have mobile phones now younger? It was because of the parents feeling more secure uh, with, with children. There are apps such as Find My Phone that parents use so that, you know, it's your GPS systems to be able to know where somebody is. Um, so there are, you know, and I think that's probably permissible, but yeah. Okay. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, we've, we've heard a lot already this evening, and I'm sure we could go on. I'm sure there are some questions that were created out of the questions that were asked. <laughs> but that's okay, because you, you know the great thing, it's about, I, I always say there's something about staying curious. Because when you're curious to know and to acquire and to attain knowledge, this was actually, this session is to open our eyes and to synthesize us to the things out there. And I hope enough of this has created curiosity in us to do what? To engage. Actually, that's the key thing. It's about engaging, especially us as parents. We have, over the years, allowed the television, then now the internet, to play babysitter because it costs us time to engage and sit with our children and to engage and interact with them. We've allowed those sort of things to take place. So in the process, those technologies have started to introduce to them things that we dare not speak or say. But actually, what this is saying to us is that we need to be more in tune. But it doesn't change the fundamental things. We can put in all the locks we want. We can put in all the security we want. But actually, it doesn't replace you as an individual, as a parent, having a relationship because more often than not, if we develop a trusting relationship with our children and with our young ones, it should go a long way. I'm not saying it's the cure-all, but I'm saying it should go a long way. It would enable us. And I'm sure throughout the course of this week, and, and I know I, I, I'm stealing some of Apostle's time in terms of introducing Apostle to, 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 to wrap up some of those. You know, the beauty of it is that we've had something tonight and... Um, I'd like us all to just warmly appreciate the, the man that God has used to bless us, Simon Bass. Now, because we've all been sitting for a few minutes, can I ask us to please stand? And just do a bit of a mini stretch. You know, one of the mini stretch could be actually, you could reach out to the, to the sky, try and stretch. Let's do the toe. Go on your toes. Stretch out. Okay. Breathe in. And out. They call that, I mean, I learned some of that. It's about changing your state. And when you change a state, then I can be certain that I can now welcome Apostle. Because we've changed our state. <laughs> Let's welcome our person. <laughs> well, you know that Pastor Tayo is a good moderator. Let's please sit down. I first of all want to congratulate those of you who were able to make it tonight. Uh, while I was discussing with Brother Simon, you know, I found someone who has a message for us. And if you look at the summary of what he's saying, 
is that every parent, Christian parents, must build, you know, confidence in their children. We parenting, write down these five, five things. One, two, three, four, five, six. Okay. For good parenting, you must grow with the child and adapt to their changes as they grow. Number one. On Sunday, I was talking a little bit into that when I was telling you about fatherhood. Looking at the example of God the Father himself and his relationship with human beings. You must grow with the child and adapt to the changes as the child grows. And each child differs from the other. Number two, parenting involves understanding the children as they grow. You must understand the child as the child changes, as the child grows, for you to be able to know how to relate and what to relate how to communicate to the child. Number three, to be successful, you must have a goal for each child. You have this tape available to you. Number four, you must have to understand the nature of each child. That, comes, that knowledge comes from adapting yourself to the changes. Remember I told you on Sunday that all children, if you have four children or three in the house, all the three will obey everything you say when they were young. But the moment they begin to grow into teenage age, you begin to see variations among them. Alright? And that has to do with the personality of each child. And if you, if you don't catch up with that, you will fail. Number five. You must build trust and confidence into your children so that they trust you and they have confidence in you to share things with you. And that was key thing that Brassaman was speaking about. You see, the issue of um, getting a, a, uh, a key block, a key locker, or, you know, invading the privacy of the child, I would say that in law. When you intrude into somebody else's privacy trying to monitor what they do, that may not be the right way to do things. Really what you will get from that is rejection because you are invading their privacy. Your child should trust you to tell you this is what I encountered. And that comes, you know, from communication. Building the trust and confidence in the child is our method and approach. If you have to be monitoring a child, you have failed already. Are we together now? And the last one is to teach them the word of God. But tomorrow I'm going to talk to, to you very much about what are the duties of parents. If, if believers understand the scripture and apply practically, you will save yourself from this degradation that is coming. And I, I will say this, which I said on Sunday, those of you who attend this church, Count yourself privileged. I was told that some of our youth, youth who just graduated from university, they came back home and they were telling Pastor Elizabeth that, wow, you never know the worth of Christ with tabernacle until you go out of this place. Christians they met in the university, the level of the knowledge of the word they have. Our children are amazed 
that many of them don't know the word of God. They live their life just by instinct. And when our own kids are showing the scriptures to them, some of them are saying, is this in the Bible? But they are also Christians. I'm saying that to help you understand, if any parent in this house commits themselves first to the Lord as an example, and your children can see the practical example of a God-fearing man, 50% lesson is communicated. Because children learn a lot from what they see in the parents. Then the second thing is that you teach them the word of God. For Proverbs 1 8, it says, Listen, I'm talking about parental duties now. Listen, my son, to your father's instruction and do not forsake your mother's teaching. If you look at this scripture, it tells us about the cooperation between the father and the mother. The father instructs and the mother teaches. The father instructs and the mother explains. The father instructs and the mother does not derogate from it or criticize or counter what the father is saying. A family that that is done, you know, both parents will only have to spend their old age in sorrow. There is a great need for the collaboration of the father giving godly instruction to the children and the mother taking that up and teaching the children exactly what the father is saying. So that the children can have full understanding of what the father is saying. Because children in their very young age, they spend more time with their mother. Because that's the body they came out from. The second thing is key to raising a godly family. Proverbs 22, 6. Train a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not turn from it. Now, tomorrow, I'll be looking at three major characters. Three men who changed their world. Number one is Abraham. Number two is Eli. And number three is Samuel. When you look at these three characters, you will discover the reason why God can keep covenant with a man. Because God made that principle, he laid that principle in Abraham. He said in the book of Genesis, I will have called it the book of Abraham, chapter 18, verse 17 to 19. Then the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I'm about to do? Abraham will surely become a great and powerful nation, and all nations on the earth will be blessed through him. For I have chosen him, verse 19, that, so that he may direct his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just, so that the Lord will bring about for Abraham what he had promised. Now if you look at this scripture, when I teach you tomorrow, I'm going to show you so many things. But the, the, the last part of the scripture tells you the, the reason for the for fulfillment of covenant. Because it says, 
Abraham, what he had. No, 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 no. Let me look at my own. They've gone away from it. Verse 19 says, So that the Lord will bring about for Abraham what he had promised. Now, for God to bring about what he has promised for Abraham is based on Abraham instructing his offspring in the Lord. Did you not see that? So why, the reason why many Christians don't have fulfillment of covenant is because you just don't understand it. Covenant is not believe it, claim it, receive it, say it, and it happens. It does not. It has conditions. Covenant in the Bible is the same thing like covenant in nations, across nations. There are conditions attached to anything you call covenant. And God said, why should we not reveal to Abraham what we're about to do? That tells you that for God to, to be able to reveal secret to a man, that man must cross the hurdle of being able to instruct his offspring about God. Not only that, it talks about doing right and just things. So that that parent is a parent that does not just speak. They do and then they teach. If you are that, revelations of everything in heaven is exposed to you. Plus, covenant will be fulfilled. Those are two key things. And if we look at this, you now go into the life of Eli and see how Eli failed in that. And that brought an end to covenant. God who makes covenants also, he cancels covenant. The covenant he made with Abraham, with Abraham, he retained it because Abraham passed the test. He taught his descendants. Eli failed and God cancelled the lineage. I would gather now. And we will discover that it is because of that condition. And tomorrow we'll look at Eli, we'll look at, we'll look at Samuel. By the time we finish tomorrow, I'm sure that many questions that you may have in your heart will be answered because what uh, Brother Simon had done today is so interesting. I don't know. Let me ask you a question. You have asked Brother Simon a, you know, questions. I want to ask you a question. Where did Brother Simon tell you to get information about safeguard and how to help your kids? What website? Look at your something. What website? Covenant Eye. Mm-mm. Where do you have a, a, a publication already made by government to inform you about all these social media? Eh? No. It said UKCCIS. Look, UKCCIS, the moment he mentioned it, as a law student, I went there to verify. Look at what I've downloaded from it. Instantly. This is a PDF. Advice on child internet safety. Universal guard for providers. And when I looked at it as he was talking, I was looking very quickly. Usually you look at content and, and introduction and conclusion. And you know where you're going. Introduction on the content. You have introduction. Then you have the risks. Privacy, grooming, sexual images, cyberbullying, harmful content, fraud. Second content, guideline on using the advice. 
how the advice is presented, how the advice could be used, specific guidelines for your organization. And the final part, the advice. Chatting, sharing, gaming, content providing, including downloading. Network closely relates to sharing and shopping and commerce. I think by the time you read this, you won't have questions for him anymore. But you know that he was speaking. I expect you to write. And when he mentioned that stuff, that, that uh, website, I went into it straight away. I saw the download and I downloaded it. Now, what will happen is that I will go and read these things. Because I think one of the things that I read there is that it is a specific guideline for your organization. And as the head of organization, I must know the specific guideline for the organization. So that when I talk with my board, I can tell my board that, you know, have we complied with these specific guidelines? And this will help us. For the devil, as Atayo said, the devil uses every good thing. And Brother Simon said, internet is middle. It's not devil side, it's not God's side. It is an unbiased medium. But then, the devil uses it a lot, as well as God is using it. And we as God's children must understand what is behind it, so that to the best of our knowledge, we will do everything just in protecting our children by having the knowledge of all this, how to block this, how to do this. Plus, helping our children to understand, you know, this is what this is. But I have to block this and this because it can lead you to this and this. I know Christian children, when they are kids, it's easy to tell them, if you go to this, the devil is there. They don't want to see it. They don't want to see it. Helping them to know the consequence, even probably showing them histories of children who have been destroyed by it, so that they know that what you are saying is not illusion. You know, three children of 12 are just recovering from overdose of ecstasy in England. It's been on the news throughout yesterday and today. Last week, it was on the news, on the BBC News, a an hour program on how internet is polluting the teenagers, and especially the 12s, 11s, 9s. And BBC is saying that, well, how can we, what can we do? But we know that it is, if the Son therefore set you free, you are free indeed. Shall we just pray? Our God and King, we commit ourselves to you in this matter. We thank you for the knowledge imparted into us today. We have great gained from your son. We have gleaned from him. Lord, we have written things down as lines of action. Help us that we will not be hearers of the word only, but we will be doers of the word. Help us, O God, with our children as you are raising them up. Give us authority over their soul so that the things we teach them in you, they will obey. Voluntarily, they will be happy to serve you, our God. Protect their heart and mind from every onslaught of hell that is coming through the media and social media. 
enable us to raise godly offspring for tomorrow if you tarry. Who can flag the banner of righteousness and stand shoulder high and neck tall among their contemporaries bringing this nation and other nations of the earth to the foot of the cross. Father, we bless you because it is done as we ask in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Can I hand over to the next person, please? Who is next? All right, Pastor Shegu. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Uh, it's a offering time.